Fan Ramen. Who's hungry? Welcome to Fan Ramen, the official podcast of Black Ramen. We're a rock band who writes epic music for film and games. And we're here to read your fan fiction. I'm Lindy. May I take your order? I'm Ralph Sushikurasai. Behind the board is our awesome sound guy. And Tequila Arian, the, the colic, colic alcoholic, alcoholic Kevin. Kevin. Have you ever been to Japan? No. Ugh, if you... Mm. Aw, if you could go, where would you visit? Uh, Japan. All of it. Uh, you, no. you would just go to all of Japan? Yes. No, I think Harajuku. I mean, I'd, I, that would be awesome. I'd like to see some temples, but I want to do some shopping, too. Maybe get some fashion. I think that would be fun. All right. That sounds good. I would yeah. go to all the ramen places in Japan. All of them? Every single one. That's a lot of ramen. Who's hungry? You are, apparently. Our first fic <laughs> is really cool. Kevin, Ralph, and myself are all musicians, and we really liked this idea for a fanfic. In 1988, Blue Oyster Cult released an album called Imaginos, a concept album and a rock opera. Imaginos is a character that the band invented, and Imaginos is a mysterious child who discovers he can change his appearance at will, and he can see the future. Imaginos underscore Bizardo underscore Desdenova wrote a fic called Oh! Del Rio! on archiveofourown.org. They've got tons of storylines about Imaginos, so if you like action and adventure, check out this author. The carriage ride to his new home was just as bumpy as the one that had brought him to the train. Even though Beaumont was a fairly new town, it was bustling with energy. There was a blacksmith down the road from where he would be working, and Imaginos wondered if he would probably be purchasing some of the building materials from him, or if the shipwrights in that town used wooden rods for nails. As he had time, he decided to drop in and say hello. It wouldn't hurt, he figured to set up a positive connection with the man. Stopping by his house to drop off his valises just inside the door, he walked back to the blacksmith's shop and waved to the man at the anvil. Aaron Williams dipped the piece he was working on in the cooling bath. Then he drew it out and set it on the anvil, seeing Imaginos as he waved back. Greetings, he said. Just a moment. The blacksmith resumed shaping the small rod of steel, tapping the end into a point, and Imaginos realized he was making a nail. After completing the nail and setting it in the finished tub, the blacksmith wiped his face and hands off and went over to greet his visitor. I haven't seen you around here before, he said cheerfully. My name is Aaron Williams. Imaginos, Imaginos replied. My foster mother's name was Whitaker, but I never adopted it, and I have no memory of my original name. So, just Imaginos, then? Aaron said, offering his hand. Imaginos shook it. Nice to meet you, he said. I just moved in today. I'm starting work tomorrow as an apprentice to the local shipwright. Mr. Blake is very strict, Aaron said. But not what I would call hard to get along with. If you make a mistake, he'll correct you. 
and he doesn't like to be interrupted, so make sure you know he's finished speaking before you reply. Sometimes there'll be a dip in his comments, so give him at least a couple minutes to continue when he seems to be done, just in case. Well, that's good advice, Imaginos told him. Thank you. So, uh, where are you living? Aaron asked. The little house on the west end of the road. Aaron's eyes widened. The, the Taylor house? The Taylor house? Imaginos inquired, curious to know what the history was now. Alice Taylor was the sole owner after her husband died of a mysterious illness back in 1699. Aaron explained. When suspicion fell on her, she was tried and executed for witchcraft. After that, superstition took over, and until now, nobody bought or even went near the house. I'm afraid you're going to get a lot of gossip and nasty looks. Especially if they find me hunting is bizarre, though. Imaginos thought to himself. Still, it was an efficient way to hunt. Well... Imaginos decided. Even if there had been a curse or a spell of any kind in the house, after all this time, I would assume they would have at least weakened by now. Just be careful. Aaron warned. Anyhow, I have to get back to work. We've got a large order of nails for your boss. I assume he'll send you to retrieve them tomorrow? It was good to meet you. Imaginus said as he departed. I'll see you tomorrow then. Fan Realm and take a look at our Patreon. We have outtakes, bloopers, and behind-the-scenes chats. We're accepting submissions, too. Email a link to your fanfiction to fanramenpodcast at gmail.com or submit using the form on our website. www.fanramen.com Now, say it with a Russian accent. www.fanramenvodka.com Okay, pirate accent. Okay, now just pretend that you're drunk. Why are you going to pretend that I'm drunk? He's not pretending that I'm sorry. What are you talking about? I have no Oh idea. my god, now he's making inappropriate gestures. Oh, yeah. Ralph is an inappropriate gesture. This next fic is a Game of Thrones fic. Are you still drunk? This was written by Lions Escape. I'm still drunk. You can find this fic called Inevitable on archiveofourown.org. Org. Make sure you follow this author and give this story some kudos. Give Lions Escape some, some vodka instead. Or instead of kudos, just give Lions Escape some vodka. Mm, Fan yes. Ramen approves! Finally, the day Cersei had been waiting anxiously for had arrived. The day her special guest was to arrive. The day she could finally, hopefully, find a way to prevent the younger, more beautiful queen from casting her down and prevent the Valonqar from taking her life. Even more importantly, it was the day she would hopefully find a way to secure the survival of her unborn child. Cersei had feared the women would not be found. Shortly before she had married Robert, Cersei had heard rumors that the woman had fled the woods to a faraway village. However, several months ago, Quyburn had sent some trusted birds to Lannisport. 
It had taken some time, but eventually, they had pieced together where the woman had fled to. With that knowledge, Cersei had word sent for the women to be brought to King's Landing. When her maid notified her of the woman's arrival, Cersei immediately headed to the room where the woman was being held. Do you remember me? Asked Cersei. The women looked at Cersei for several seconds. Your prophecy has come to pass, hasn't it? She asked. I will take that as you do remember then. But no, no it hasn't. At least not all of it. I need you to help me. Find a way, any way, to prevent the Valonqar from taking my life and help to ensure that the child I now carry shall be safe. Very well. You know how this works. Cersei nodded. Of course. She replied as she cut into her hand. She watched as the women grabbed it and began to suck the blood. Yes, just as I thought. Golden crowns, golden shrouds, Valonqar, the casting down. It has nearly all come to pass. Stated Maggie. Yes, I need your help to prevent the last two from happening. I need to know what I must do to ensure my child's survival. I, you may have three questions. Cersei was now eight and a half months pregnant and knew she could go into labor at any time. She desperately needed to know what steps she should take to ensure her child's well-being. She decided she was not going to allow this witch to limit her questions this time. She needed as much information as possible to save this child, and she was determined to get it. No, as many as I need this time, replied Cersei sternly. Very well, then. You must make multiple wounds, then, however. The more blood, the longer I can hear the gods. Cersei nodded and made several more cuts on her hands and arms. She waited patiently as the women sucked all of the blood. Finally... At last, the witch had enough blood and began to speak. Very well. Ask what you will. How do I prevent myself from being cast down and losing all I hold dear? How do I prevent the Valonqar from choking the life from me? And most importantly, how do I save my child? Rushed out Cersei all in one breath. What has happened not happened cannot be prevented. I don't understand. You will be cast down. All you hold dear will be taken. You are here to tell me how to prevent that. You cannot. You will lose all. So my child is doomed and the Valonqar shall kill me. There is truly nothing I can do. Stated, not questioned, Cersei, her voice breaking. The Valonqar did choke the life from thee. You mean will. Tell me how to prevent it. There must be some way. Replied Cersei in frustration. You cannot prevent that which has already come to pass. What? Valonqar cannot have happened, obviously, as I am still here. Replied Cersei, impatient with the witch's lack of understanding. That's the thing about prophecies. The interpretation can be tricky. The Valonqar did indeed choke the life from you. What? 
What? How? I'm pretty sure I'm not dead. I do not know how. What do you mean you do not know? I'm simply a messenger. I repeat what the gods tell me. Fair enough. Then you shall ask them how it has come to pass. Maggie stared at her for a long moment before speaking again. You cannot know. I must know. Tell me. They would not tell me. Cersei had a strange feeling that the witch was not telling the whole truth. It mattered not, though. She was doomed. With the knowledge before her and the hopelessness, she began to sob. The witch's voice, however, cut through her sobs. You have two paths before you. The path to vengeance, where all your enemies shall suffer. Or the path of mercy. You must choose. Stated the witch, ignoring Cersei's turmoil. I choose vengeance. Now tell me what will happen to me, witch. Replied Cersei in between her tears. Total annihilation of all that you hold, dear. Your crown, your children, your legacy, your beauty. The child in your womb shall die. The others will grow up with no mother to love them. Your crown will fall at your feet as you burn and wither in pain. Maggie replied before starting to laugh maniacally. (laughs) Cersei felt her hopelessness and sorrow turn to rage It took every ounce of her self-restraint to stop herself from smacking the witch across her ugly old wrinkled face She reminded herself that this witch was her only hope She must at least try to find some way to prevent her fate Very well then I will ask you what I should have asked you all those years ago How do I save my child? You must take a different path. A different path? The path of mercy and forgiveness. Cersei scoffed at that. She wasn't going to forgive anyone or anything that had harmed her. She certainly wasn't going to show mercy to anybody. It won't come easy, and you must forgive several wrongs done to thee. You yourself will do things that you will need to be forgiven for, too. You must have remorse, continued the witch. And how exactly do I choose such a path? You must not act in anger when your vengeance most calls to you. And you must save one whom you will hate. And if I choose that path my child lives? She asked, hopeful. Perhaps, though, great danger surrounds the one in your womb. The false father will intend it harm. You're on. I will have him killed then. Aye, you could do that. Then his men shall turn on you and your child shall die, while you suffer an unimaginably horrible death. If I take this path of mercy, will my child live a long and happy life? Asked Cersei. There shall be long and happy lives for most of them. For one, it is unclear. Why do you speak as if I will have multiple children? I am not pregnant with twins or triplets. 
While most women would not be so sure of this, Circe was. She had hoped for twins, but Kyburn had been adamant and apologetic that he only detected one heartbeat. You will have and not have twins. What? That makes no sense! Prophecies rarely make sense until they happen. So is there anything you can tell me about these children I am supposed to have? You would not believe me if I told you. Tell me anyway, whatever it is, replied Circe in frustration. One born in your darkest time, one not of your blood, and two who aren't what they appear to be. Not all from your loins. Well, that's simply not possible. I'm not going to play mother to some orphans or whatever foul thing you're suggesting, replied Circe dismissively as she rolled her eyes. Now tell me how to save my child, this child, demanded Circe, placing a hand on her belly. I cannot. What do you mean, you cannot? There is much unpredictability and uncertainty surrounding both your own fate and their own. Once the child is born, I may be able to tell you more. Very well. I suppose you will be summoned to the birthing chamber then, when my time comes. May I rest now? No, I am not done yet, replied Cersei, before asking her next question. Will Jamie return to me? You to him, and he to you. She didn't even know why she'd asked it anyway. She told herself she shouldn't care whether he did or not. She swore to herself his treason would not go unpunished if she could help it. Will I keep my throne? She had to ask. She'd waited her whole life to be the one on the Iron Throne. You will lose all you hold dear. What can I do to keep my throne? No matter what you do, your reign will be short and end in death. There is one path. One path only to your survival. It is when the one you hate most will offer you a chance to flee. You must take it then. I shall take some gold and flee to the free cities at once then. Cersei stated, not questioned this time. Mm, you shall not. Any fleeing before the time is right will result in death. Cersei was taken aback by this. Whose death? Mine? My child's? Both? The death of the entire northern population. Shall you flee, the dead shall rise and conquer all of Westeros. Upon hearing that statement, Cersei smiled brightly. Maybe fleeing wouldn't be so horrible after all. The dead couldn't swim, and on another continent, she could live a good, happy life with her child. Then, her smile faltered. Jamie. Jamie was in the north. Then she inwardly scolded herself again. He tried to kill her and nearly caused a miscarriage. She should hate him. She did hate him. But she loved him still, too. She loved her child more, though. If she had to, she would choose her child's life and safety over Jamie's. So, she had to ask. The dead shall never swim, right? 
So if I flee now, my child and I will be safe on another continent. Why, yes, you will be safe. Safe and rich and utterly lonely and miserable. I could never be miserable if I have my child with me. The witch's eyes got a strange, dark look in them. It was scarier than anything Cersei had ever seen before in her life. You must flee when forced to and not before. And you must not attack when your vengeance most calls to you. Elsewise, your child shall grow to be as bitter as you, and once grown, they shall conquer the Seven Kingdoms and bring about the end of all humanity. That seems hard to believe. Cersei replied, her voice quivering. It is what the gods have foreseen. You shall have a very difficult child. A child with the potential to be worse than another whom you once had, but far more dangerous as they will have an intellect like that of your hated brother. It is only their siblings who will save them from themselves. One sibling in particular. Wait, I thought you said before that my child would die if I took the path of vengeance, as you so called it. Asked Cersei, suspicious that the witch was lying to her. The witch gave Cersei a strange look. She opened her mouth to speak, but stopped herself. Cersei stared at her impatiently. After several moments, the witch spoke again. There are many paths that result in death or non-existence for your children and you. Some paths that result in the end of all mankind at the hands of your child. One path only where you and your children shall live and be happy. So if I wait until the time is right, my child will live a happy life and not die or bring about the end of humanity? They all will. Except possibly the one whose path is not yet do you mean the child I carry now? How can I ensure their safety? I care only for this child, not any future children that I don't believe it's possible for me to even have. I'm sorry, but gods refuse to tell me more on this. Cersei put a protective hand on her stomach. She hoped it wasn't this child's life that would be in danger. How will I know when the time is right to flee? You will know. How? Chains, blood, pain, misery, death, life, all shall surround you. You will lose all hope and nearly die in loneliness when your worst enemy shall save you. Who would that be? I have many enemies. I am not so sure which of them I hate the most. You will know when you see. More riddles. Cersei figured it mattered not anyway. We want to read your fanfic. 
Email us at fanramenpodcast at gmail.com. We accept all fandoms. Even obscure ones, we want writers to get more decent exposure. You work hard at your craft, and we are here to bring your stories to life. You can get in touch with us on Twitter or Facebook. Our handle is fanramen. Talk to us. We are sheltered in place. Uh, we are bored. Mm, this is Ralph. This is Lindy. And we'll see, see you, you the, the next, next time, time you're hungry. This podcast produced by Lindy Day and Ralph Avalon. Sound design and engineering by Kevin Villagestone. Music by Black Ramen. Recorded and mixed in the Black Ramen Studios.